that you're the only one that can hear and answer these prayers. Lord, we certainly um, thank you for your love to us. And Lord, um, what, how you've answered prayers in the past, you, you do it in the present and you'll do it in the future because just because of who you are. And now, dear Lord, we're committing this service to you and, and uh, ask you to fill me with your sweet Holy Spirit as I, as I uh, continue to preach on how to pray for missionaries. Uh, I've said it each and every week, but I, I really do know just from the studying the scriptures that missions is near and dear to your heart. So, Lord, you help me to present what's in the Bible to these people so we can encourage those on the field. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I certainly can't believe that this is week four in, in the series that uh, I'm doing here on uh, how to pray for missionaries. Can't believe I've been here uh, four Wednesdays. I really can't. It's time has went quickly. I have one more Wednesday of preaching. Next Wednesday, I'll uh, do a final thing on this if I don't get through it tonight. And then uh, the, the Wednesday after that, I'll be heading back to uh, Kentucky. And it's just, I mean, five weeks is just going to have to come out ten next year. Right? Five is not enough, you know. And, Amen. I, I love you guys. Love this church. I, I, I've loved and appreciated all the comments uh, that I've gotten. Uh, I believe some people uh, have loved the, the one on missionaries more than the one on Nehemiah, and others have loved Nehemiah more than the missionary. And praise the Lord for that. It, you know, it's it just uh, trying to teach from the Word of God and encourage people. And so, again, I do thank God for how he's worked in, in my heart about missions and uh, but but this has been just this has been a great stay and and I love this church and everyone in it I really do and um, week number one I showed my video and we discussed you know just missions in general if you were here and remember that and then week number two we discussed what a missionary is and and was it biblical for a church to send them out and we definitely know that that's uh, true also uh, week number three we started on how we can really pray for our missionaries. Uh, we use First Chronicles 4:10. Uh, I call it the prayer of Jabez, and uh, that's I'll probably use that throughout the rest of the teaching. Uh, but we covered uh, that God would bless the missionary, and and uh, in in the way with re his relationship with the Lord, uh, his physical and emotional needs, uh, that he would give him travel travel mercies. And if you remembered, I covered not off the field on furlough and on deputation, but on the field. Because, uh, you know, I was involved in that one uh, accident. I wasn't involved in it, but I was down there when it happened in Uruguay, South America, when uh, a missionary was involved in an accident and someone got killed. And I'm telling you right now, when you're the foreigner and something like that happens, it's, uh, you know, it's not like even – it's bad enough if it happens in the States. You don't want it to happen. But if it does, you, you, know, you know how to handle things up here better than down there. So – so uh, and then I w was talking about the health and I went through that a little bit. And uh, but we mentioned uh, the missionary's family. But this week we're going to continue uh, that God will bless the missionary's family. And, uh, you know, uh, I remember I think I, I touched on a little bit about loneliness and depression, especially for the wives, how that can sneak in, you know. And I said uh, many times the men. Uh, they go out and they learn the language, and uh, and then they want to dive into the ministry. And here the wife is home with with children, and they're home with children and don't know the language, and you know, and they don't know the language or the ministry. And they're home with children, they're not learning the language or the ministry, and, and it can it can it can end up uh, sort of bad, you know. And uh, I, I say when people are going through hard times, and we we have all been through those. I, I don't think there's a person in here. That's not been through a, a, something that we say hadn't 
had to go through. But and it's always easy. I mean, it really is always easy to quote verses out of the Bible uh, when, when we're having these problems. But you know what? Uh, Hebrews thirteen five. It's it is in the Bible. Uh, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such thing as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. The one thing I can always promise people and some of the people I'm even counseling with back in Indiana right now and other places, I, I tell them, I said, you're not going through this alone. Uh, he'll never leave you or forsake you, you know, and, and, and some of them just need to get saved and then they'll have the Holy Spirit abiding within them and they'll have some help uh, with their problems. You know, Romans eight twenty eight still in the Bible, too, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. You know what I mean? So here we were. We, we played that, prayed that, or we were going through the prayer that God will bless and meet the physical and emotional needs uh, of the missionary, but the missionary's family. That, that's what I'm going to sort of touch base on this week. That's probably all, all we'll get through. We'll get through as much as we can. It's all the Word of God, and I'm not going to rush through it. So, But the missionary's family, I don't care where in the world you're uh, serving at, you lose your family most of the time you lose your ministry. And so that, that's how important the family is to a pastor, where he's a pastor in the United States of America or where he's a pastor in a foreign country. Uh, they, and, and for that matter is for any of us who are Christians, we don't want to lose our families, you know. But the husband and wife relationship, and, and, and you know, like I was talking a little bit already uh, about the wife maybe not getting the language, many times it does take her longer to learn the language uh, because she may have to stay home with the children, you know, um, and while the husband is going to language school. But uh, and that was the very reason uh, that I came out here in 1997 with the Rosas family. Uh, and uh, and I went down and actually we I drove down with them to Mexico and stayed with them a year and a half, homeschooled their children while they went to language school. So they both learned that language together. And, you know, that that's the way it ought to be done. Of course, the kids go out on the street and talk to the neighbor kids in Spanish, and they come in uh, quoting more Spanish than any of us America, uh, any of the, uh, the adults were in the house. Uh, they were doing, they were giving commands, Domino, and I mean, they just, they just give me that. You know, I mean, they, they, knew, they knew more Spanish than the, the people that were going to language school, you know. But, and then on the other hand, there was one lady down there with eight children, uh, Diane, uh, Diane um, Ellison, she had eight children, and uh, now this wasn't the same time. It was the second time that I went in or third, whichever. But uh, she had eight children, and I just taught the two older children. A and if anybody uh, has ever homeschooled, I mean, I'm sure there's people in this church that homeschool. And if you have, you got my hats off to me because once I homeschooled uh, the missionary children, I had a lot more respect on what it really takes for the mom to, to homeschool her children. Uh, I mean, uh, it, uh, I, and for me, uh, the only thing I did, I, I, I started to work at 9. The parents left for language school at 9, and at 3 o'clock, I was off. And, and if, if a mom's at home full-time uh, homeschooling those children, she's making all three meals. Uh, she's homeschooling the children. She's doing the laundry. She's, I mean, I'm telling you, uh, I do. I have a whole lot of respect for a mom that is willing to homeschool her children and keep them out of the public schools. Uh, I have a, a son and a daughter-in-law that, that teach in public schools. I really do. Uh, but I, I would hate to send my children to most public schools. Uh, they, they just what they teach is, you know, it's not what the Bible teaches. And when they can go to a Christian school, they get biblical training along with the, the other training. And the biblical training is worth a whole lot more than than what they learn in uh, in the public schools. But, uh, you know, um, children, 
you know, when you take children uh, to a foreign uh, country, too, and they don't know the language, um, it, it's adjusting to a new way of life. It's totally adjusting to a new way of life. Uh, I'll never forget Mark Lockhart, Mark and Lori Lockhart, uh, was taking their children to, to uh, Mexico. Well, they went down there when one of the kids was just learning to speak. I mean, he was just learning English, okay? So he goes down there, and they're speaking English on the way down, and they get down there. They're going to language school. They're learning that, and, and while they're just down there on their, whatever they call that, uh, observation trip or whatever that is, and all the time they're down there, they start speaking Spanish, you know, because they want to learn it, you know, and, the, and this kid, you know, uh, and then they go back to the States before they came down full time, and they were speaking English again, and they really, they said their, their child really got confused. They really had to uh, be careful with that when they, when they spoke to him. Uh, the boy now can speak bilingual, bilingual, he's very bilingual, he very is, but you know, it was really a, a struggle to him when he was first learning to talk. They've been down there, I don't know, 25, 30 years now, the, the Lockhart's has, so uh, praise, praise the Lord for that. But And then when the kids get older, uh, you know, uh, people don't think about this. Uh, you have to train your children, I believe, a, as they get older, are you going to allow them to marry a national? I don't care if you're in China or whatever country you're in. Uh, are you going to allow Germany? Wherever, are you going to allow them to marry a national if they fall in love with them? And you know, so many times uh, the, uh, they're so involved in their ministries, they don't think about uh, a young you, you can usually tell when a young man or a young lady are, are starting to spark a little bit. You know, you really can. But sometimes you get so busy you're not noticing that and – uh, I know of a, a, a Methodist missionary girl, probably 21, 22, but they had sent her home uh, from Mexico because she had fell in love with a Mexican boy down there, and she wanted to marry him. And, and they thought sending her home was going to solve that. Well, he already had her heart, and uh, praise the Lord, uh, after she was back for a while and they seen that it wasn't going to work, uh, they just accepted the situation. Uh, you know, and they got married, and and they're very happy. So, but you've got you've got to realize that that is something that, it, you know, normally you're you're not confronted with that in the states. I'm not saying never, because sometimes we are confronted with that even in the states. But you you've got to make you've got to let if you take your kids down there, you've got to let them know what you expect out of them. You know, and and if that's all they're around, where are they going to find their mates? You know, Sam Hornbrook, he's he he was he's been down there. For, I bet he's been down there over 50 years now. His wife finally passed away just here a, a few years back, and and I wondered if he would come off, but he did not. You know, but I think three of his children are are married to to Mexicans, and they just they have a wonderful family. The whole family is just a great to be around, and get together with. You know, um, you know, uh, family life in itself. You know, for for the the. the I always pick on the wives for this because I think they're more emotional most of the time, and and usually they're put in more precarious positions than the man. And uh, I'll never forget uh, when when I taught. Uh, you know, I was uh, as soon as the teaching was over, I always went on a walk, and the kids would always say, "Mr. North, can we go on the walk with you?" I'd say, "Oh no, your parents been gone all day. They really want to see you tonight." <laughs> You know, I was ready to, that's another thing I respect on these teachers. They don't get to walk away like I get to walk away at 3 o'clock. So anyway, I, I was, uh, up I normally go just at 3 o'clock. I didn't go that day. I was still up in my room. I don't know what I was doing, but I was up there, and the wife was in the backyard, and she had a tizzy. And when I say a tizzy, she had a tizzy. I'm not going to just 
I can't uh, replicate what she said and did. Uh, that wasn't bad words in it or anything, but her, her, the viewpoint of it was, I want to go home. You know <laughs> what I mean? And, and it just, it's tough when you, uh, you know, I've seen people here in the United States, um, uh, their, their kids are in California and they're in, in Indiana. My mom was like that when, uh, you know, the, the kids were separated that far from them. And, you know, you don't get to see them like you would really like to see your grandchildren. And uh, anybody that's got grandchildren know you want to see them as often as you can. You know, I, I only get to see mine a couple times a year. I usually get to see them in May and I get to see them again in September. Uh, when I go back this time, I'll see them before I go south. When I come back up in May, I'll see them again. And then I'll come back out here, Lord willing. Next summer, when I go back in September, I'll see him again. So that's what I do. And, and, but I, I still, I told one of my grandsons the other day, I said, you know, I, I, I just want you to know that, that I, I really do feel like I'm missing a lot of time that I would like to have with you. On, I'm watching them play sports and stuff. Uh, some of my kids are fairly good at sports, you know, and it, it's always fun. I remember when Tyler used to play over here at Brush, and, and I, I used to go over there and watch him, you know, now. Of course, it wasn't my son, but he's, he's, he's like a, uh, definitely like their uncle, and they're like my nephews. But, I mean, uh, Tyler was over there playing, you know, and it was it was fun to go watch someone you know that well, you know. And so, like I said, I got some, uh, some uh, I got one granddaughter that's very good in softball, and I got three grandsons that are fairly good in basketball, you know. But um, I, I get to see them every once in a while, you know, every once in a while. Like in the, uh, last year, I was able to even go see them on some kind of streaming that my son sent me, but... It's just one of those things that, that you miss. But I told them, I said, you know, I said, I miss this. But I said, I just want you guys to know that I think I'm doing what the Lord wants me to do. And I said, I hope you realize how much more important that is. And, and I do think they understand me. I really do, you know. Um, so uh, being away from your loved ones back in the States, it can be tough. I know that. And many times it's a real struggle, struggle for the missionary towards his wife or the husband. I had a case over in Australia, um, James and Holly Carter. Now, James uh, ha- James Carter would be Teresa's probably first cousin. And he was born over in Australia. Uh, Gaylor's his dad, and Gaylor was over there many years. He's back in Iowa now. But uh, he was over there many years, and James was born over there. Well, James came back and went to school uh, at Bible College and found himself a beautiful wife, took her back over there to Australia, well, you got to realize, the w- and that's a halfway around the world, folks. I mean, that, if you ever get to try to make that trip, that's a long trip. But, I mean, so, I mean, she was desirous to come back, especially holidays and stuff, and see the family. And that was his home over there. It didn't matter to him, you know. So th- there are struggles, you know, uh, and struggles that we don't think about, I think, sometimes with the missionaries. That's why we need to lift them up before the throne of grace more and more and more each and every time, you know, so. Uh, Ephesians 5.31 says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they two shall become one flesh. You know, it may be hard to do uh, to follow your husband, uh, but, you know, it's, it's, the, it's biblical. It really is, you know. So, so we go on, and, and you know, we w- that God would bless the missionary, and number two, that God will enlarge his coast. And, and I started thinking about, you know, th- this is that prayer of Jabez. Uh, you know, he says so that it will enlarge his coast. Uh, I thought about what a blessing it is. What a blessing it is for me to see this church where it is today versus the first time I came out here. 
probably 27 people in the, in, on, on the, uh, down on Warner Street the first time I was out here. And, and the Sunday, I was so pleased with the congregation, with the number of people that were here. Uh, we had a full house, pretty well had a full house. I told the pastor, I said, we get rid of the riffraff, we can, uh, we can, uh, we can get some people in here. No, I, did, I wrote, rubbed him up a little bit. I said, no, you know, I was impressed that while the pastor was away, the mice didn't play. And so I was, had a really, really good uh, showing on Sundays. But with much blessings, guess what? It comes much uh, responsibility. There's always with blessings comes, well, one guy even said with blessings comes blastings. You're always going to get blasted. You know, with you're going to get attacked from other areas, uh, from the enemy's never happy when things are going well. But also with uh, um, great blessings comes great responsibilities. You think about, you just think about, Pastor did maybe 20 funerals last year. You know what I mean? I know they weren't all out of this church. But, you know, there, there's hospital visits. There's people getting married. There's, there's, I mean, when you've got a church of 27, uh, you know, you have a very few responsibilities other than just growing the church, you know. So, but uh, when the when if the pastor in the foreign countries, if his coast is going to be enlarged, if God's going to enlarge it, he has to have the abil- the ability to communicate. Uh, language studies. I mean, uh, uh, if you don't know the language, you really don't have a ministry. Uh, uh, my pastor just got from a, a from Clay's Mill just got back from a trip, and he said I was down there and I didn't understand one word they said to me. He said. And everything I said to them, they had to translate it. So uh, he was down there preaching at a pastor's conference down in the in the city of uh, Mexico City. So, but if you don't have that language, you really don't have a ministry. Uh, I'll never forget. Uh, uh, like I said, I rode down the first time. I'd been down to Mexico on a mission trip before on a short one, but when I went down for the year and a half with the Rosas, I went down there. And the first week that we were down there, we got a nice letter from his. Uh, somebody out of his home church in Pineville, North Carolina, and it says, we hope you're winning lots of people to the Lord. <laughs> I thought, that's a good thought, but you know what? We're going to have to get the language down and a few other things before we can even start on, on that end of it. When I got down there, I, I didn't think I was going to learn the language. I didn't see the need for me to learn the language because I thought, you know what? I'm down here. I don't need to learn the language. I'm going to be teaching the children inside the home, teaching them English, you know, uh, and I thought, I just don't need it. Well, my first trip downtown, uh, I, I knew that I was going to know more than what I knew then because I wasn't going to live there a year and a half and not know the language. And, and I am amazed how well that the Lord did allow me to learn what I do know. I call myself conversationally fluent. I'm definitely not fluent, but I can have a, a really good conversation. I can lead someone to the Lord in it. I can preach in it, but I'm still, uh, I'm still far from being fluent in the language. Uh, you take you get me around religious things and things of the Bible I can talk. You take me out to a horse farm and you want to know a bridle, saddle, whatever there is to know. You know, I mean, it just it's not there yet. You know, I didn't study that portion of it. You know, it's uh, probably hard for us to imagine <coughs> what kind of a vocabulary we really do have, uh, you know, in the English language. It, it's amazing. You know what? There's probably nothing in this building that, that you couldn't explain if you know what I mean. I mean. I don't care. You know, we can say chair and a plant and a pulpit. And uh, them are all different words in Spanish language, too. So you, you know what I mean? You've got to you've, you've got to know them all. You really do. You know, I don't know if I set my alarm tonight or not. And it's at 759. Uh, so I, I know I'm just about done here. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to turn me off here in just a minute there. So but they, uh, go on here. Um, you know, another thing that is great is 
uh, learning the culture. Uh, if you go down there and you get interested in their culture and they see that and, and they know, you know, they, they'll start accepting you also, you know what I mean. And so I, I was down there staying in, standing in for St Sam Hornbrook, who had been down there, like I said, he's been down probably 50 years now. Back then it was probably, you know, around 30 or 35 years he'd already been down there. And I was talking to one of the, one of the missionaries. I knew that was going to happen, but praise the Lord. Uh, he said, this me, or this, uh, one of his neighbors, he said, Sam came to stay. Sam bought a house. I mean, he just kept telling me, you know, about Sam Hornbrook because he said, you know, uh, some of them just come down here. They're down here for a while, and they're gone. He said, Sam came to stay, you know. So anyway, we'll, next week we'll look at the religion, which is predominantly Catholic, the holidays uh, down there. You know, they don't, re they don't celebrate the same holidays that we do, so we have to be respectful to what they celebrate. Well, Father in heaven, how I do love you and thank you for allowing me the last four weeks here uh, teaching on missions. I, Lord, I just ask you to, uh, to give us a burden, uh, maybe to pray for one missionary. Just take one and sort of adopt him. Uh, Lord, I know when I pray for the Rangers, I know there's eight hours difference in the in the time so as i pray for them i, I know that uh you know they're, they're they're probably going to bed right now you know or in bed you know but here we are just having our service if you're in australia you're 12 hours difference you're again in another time frame so but lord help us to pray for these missionaries lift them up before you lord and we do that i love wednesday nights because that's one of the things i like to do on wednesday night is is just pray for our missionaries so thank you lord again for this church Thank you for pastor. Thank you for all that serve here at this church. We love you. Thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you are dismissed.